So how do you feel about the whole Manny Ramirez situation, Harry? Hey, Seth, don't you think Manny Ramirez looks like the monster from Predator? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess his hair sort of does, maybe. I mean, based on his size and strength, I, I bet the Predator monster would make a pretty good ball player. <laughs> I mean, the fear would be that he would kill all the other players. I mean, I guess you could ask him not to, but I think he'd probably just tell you what you wanted to hear. Do you think you can trust him, Seth? What? Hey, don't jerk me around, Seth. It's a simple yes or no question. If the predator monster promised he wouldn't kill the other players, would you put him in the game? Hello, everybody. This is uh, this is your host again. We're back. We're back with the uh, we're back with the fantastic, bombastic, podcastic this week in fake ball. And this is episode uh, what is this? This is episode twenty six. Uh, in fact, it's episode number one of season three. We are into calendar year twenty twenty two, as you all know, and. Um, a uh, few updates to pass along to you, although I think most of you know most of these. I'll just go ahead and run through them here. Uh, first of all, the APBA Baseball 2021 disc will be out soon, as in I think six days from now. I believe I believe that they will start taking orders for the computer uh, disc version on January the 20th. So I guess that's next uh, Thursday or something. And uh, also, as you probably know, round one of the RBA playoffs is over and done. Um, Arizona upsets Las Vegas in a seven-game series. And then, uh, maybe a couple weeks later, Fort Duquesne got, got swept by the Dunedin Clear Blues, a rare sweep in the RBA's history. And so the RBA championship will be... Uh, between two teams trying to win, each trying to win its fourth um, fourth league championship, and Dunedin is trying to win its third in a row. So pretty interesting stuff there. Okay, um, so I also have playoff odds, or rather odds uh, for the championship. And as you might recall, I calculate these odds two different ways. Um, one way is based on actual RBA runs for runs against Pythagorean, that kind of thing, right? Um, so this is the more, this is the more empirical way of doing it. The other way that I calculate the odds is by spreadsheet score. And you could argue that, well, that that's more up to date, but less empirical, right? Because I'm using season ending rosters, whereas the, uh, the runs scored and runs against for each RBA team is throughout the entire season including the games before, you know, trades were made and, and that kind of thing. In any case, no matter which way I do the uh, calculation or no matter what numbers I base it off of, the result was the same this time. Pretty close to a coin flip with Dunedin getting the slight edge. 53-47, 53% chance for the Dunedin Clear Blues to three-peat and a 47% chance for the Arizona Greenbacks 
to prevent them from three beating. So there you go. And those are the odds according to me, I guess. And uh, I guess the RBA championship will be played sometime around March 11th, March 12th. I believe that is going to be RBA weekend. That is the weekend before TCBA weekend, which is our other league. Uh, JR's in it. I'm in it. Aaron is in it. Um, anyway, so uh, that's going to be mid-March is going to be very, very busy for yours truly, as well as for JR and for Aaron. But uh, should be a good time. It's, it's my Christmas, I guess. Um, so let's see here. Let's move on to our next topic, which is RBA trivia. I don't have a, a drop. I forgot to cue it up there. But anyway, RBA trivia. I've got some trivia for all of you this time. And uh, it's a fairly simple question. I, I was thinking about the recent expansion that happened with Ahmedabad and Lopat Kong entering the league about a year ago, a little less than a year ago. And here is the RBA trivia question. Very simple one. When was the only time that the RBA has ever contracted? When has the RBA decreased the number of teams? Like when was that? At the end of which season or beginning of which season was that? And who was dropped? Which coaches or which teams were dropped from the RBA? Okay. Um, and I'm not going all the way back to the beginning or anything. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll revisit that question at the end of today's podcast. Okay, so what I'm going to do today is talk about the uh, the ass match and the champions match uh, from the end of 2012. So that, that's where we are in the replay podcast series right now. And I've got to pull some stuff, some stuff up that I forgot to pull up in advance of starting this, but it shouldn't take me long. In any case, I will go ahead and announce the teams as I get this thing ready to go. So let's begin, as we always do, with the undercard, the ass match. In some ways, the more entertaining of the two. You could argue, I don't know. I have fun looking at the really, really bad teams in RBA history. So for the 2012 ass match, the challenger sporting an RBA record of 26 and 55. That is not good, folks. 26 wins and 55 losses. 57, sorry, 53.7 average replay wins out of 162. The 2012 SoCal Templar Knights. This team was an offensive apocalypse. This was the team that smashed the record, didn't just break it, but smashed it for uh, fewest runs per game in RBA history up to that point. Um, it wasn't even close. <laughs> So anyway, the 2012 SoCal Templar Knights, and for some reason, I am having trouble pulling up. Ah, I think I just found it. Okay, hang on for one second here. Yes, I've got it. Okay, uh, I had to pull up the, uh, the actual uh, thing in League Manager in APBA Baseball where I play the, uh, the, the, the series. Uh, okay, so anyway, let me just quickly run through the lineup and starting rotation. Well, the starting rotation for 2012 SoCal was actually some big names here. Zach Granke, uh, Brandon McCarthy, Eric Bedard had a couple of good years. Probably 2012 wasn't one of them, though. 2011 MLB, John Danks, and Kyle McClellan. And their lineup against righties... Um, Lineup against righties. Give me a second here. I'm having issues. Cliff Pennington, Colby Rasmus... 
Justin Morneau, he was probably pretty good. Martin uh, Martin Prado, Casey McGee, Aaron Hill, Shinsu Chu, and Giovanni Soto catching. Those are your 2012 SoCal Templar Knights. And in the other corner, the current ass, the defending ass up to this point, sporting an RBA record of a not terrible 34 and 47, 62.7 average replay wins compared to SoCal's 53.7. So a significant um, favorite in this series to, uh, to to abdicate the throne of suck, as, as, as they might say. Your 2011 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. I don't tend to think of this team as being all that bad, but maybe it was. Anyway, uh, the rotation. Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw. How about that one, too? And then it's Freddie Garcia, Wade Davis, and Barry Enright. Uh, the lineup against righties is, give me a second here, uh, Yunel Escobar, Ben Zobrist, Andrew McCutcheon. Some big names coming up here. Uh, Escobar, Zobrist, McCutcheon, Pujols, Pedro Alvarez, Mike Napoli. Sounds better than it was that year. Reed Brignac and Skip Schumacher. Schumacher? Schumacher. I can't even remember how his name was pronounced. But there you go. Those were your 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. Now let's let's talk about the match itself and what a what a battle it was. I actually don't really remember, but I played this uh, I don't know three weeks ago or something. So here goes in game number one. Uh, well, not not surprisingly, it uh, nobody could score. Uh, the in fact it went ten innings before anybody scored, and the final was one to nothing, and the game was won in the bottom half. Uh, of the 10th by the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. Um, and fittingly, the SoCal Templar Knights get shut out in their first game of the series. So Fort Duquesne goes up one to nothing. Both starting pitchers went nine innings. So they both get shutouts. All right. So Sean Camp gave up the run in the 10th inning for Fort Duquesne. Game two, three to one. Again, another, <laughs> another uh, offensive uh, splurge, as you can tell. Three to one, and uh, Fort Duquesne wins this one as well. So SoCal has been held to one run in 19 total innings through the first two games of the series, and they immediately go down 2-0. And uh, yeah, this could it could get ugly, or well, it's already gotten ugly. It could get uglier. Let's see. Game three was a four nothing victory. Yet another shutout, won by Fort Duquesne. And I've got to tell you, this is hilarious. <laughs> SoCal's offense was bad, but it wasn't this bad, and of course, SoCal wasn't playing teams this bad during the actual 2012 season, at least not, you know, all the time. So so anyway, SoCal has now scored one run through three games and have a chance of getting swept and becoming the new ass of the RBA. Freddie Garcia with the shutout for Fort Duquesne in game three. Game four was one to nothing. I kid you not, it was one to nothing. And it was won by... SoCal. SoCal did get the one run in that game, and, and John Danks uh, shuts out the Corsairs. So there's no sweep. Fort Duquesne is still uh, up 3-1, to one, and we go to Game 5. Game 5 was a battle of Kyle McClellan and Barry Enright. Get ready for that. And let me just take a look here. The final was 3-2. to two. A uh, home run was hit by Pujols in this game. The final was 3-2, Fort Duquesne. Fort Duquesne gets the 4-1 series win over the hapless, helpless, and hopeless 2012 SoCal Templar Knights. The Templar Knights score, what was it, four runs in five games, I think. 
So I would say they earned that victory. They earned their place. Um, yes, they're, they're, they they earned their uh, their 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 assery, their assification, their 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 designation as the ass of the league. All right, let's uh, move on to the champions match. All right, so we're going to talk about good teams now. All right, the challenger from 2012, sporting an RBA record, an actual record during the season of 53 wins and 28 losses. That's a pretty stiff record. And 104.1 average replay wins. That is a pretty impressive total as well, of course, out of 162. The 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs, one of my favorite teams of all time in terms of, you know, when I think of the best teams ever, they're, they're up there. The, the, uh, the 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. And let me pull up their, their stuff here. All right, so Clayton Kershaw was on that team. Notice this is one year after the horrible 2011 team. They had this monster 2012 team. So Clayton Kershaw, Ryan Vogelsong, uh, Justin Verlander, Dan Heron, and Irvin Santana. Um, that was the rotation. And the lineup for those 2012 Corsairs was Ben Zobrist, Andrew McCutcheon, Albert Pujols, Mike Napoli, Pablo Sandoval, Daniel Murphy, Yanel Escamar, and Kosuke Fukudome. All right, so do you remember who the champion was? Well, it's from a while ago. This team's been champ for a while. Uh, sporting an RBA record of 46 and 35, 97.0 average replay wins. The 2008 Buffalo Wild Wings. The 2008 Buffalo Wild Wings, they've been champions for a while. And here's what they had. Uh, I've mentioned this team a lot because they've been in this uh, game a lot. So let's see. Uh, we've got Jake Peavy, Ian Snell, Tim Linscombe, Aaron Cook, and Carlos Silva in the rotation. And the lineup is Reggie Willits, Orlando Hudson, Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Howard, Victor Martinez, Pat Burrell, Jeff Kepinger, and Andre Ethier. All right, so Willits, Hudson, A-Rod, Ryan Howard, Victor Martinez, Pat Burrell, Jeff Kepinger, Aaron, uh, sorry, Andre Ethier. And that's where we stand going in to this uh, Champions match. Okay, so let me pull up game one. Let me make sure I'm in the right place. Here goes. Uh, game one went 12 innings, and it was actually a 6-3 to three finish. A big bottom half of the 12th for Buffalo, and Buffalo wins 6-3. to three. Actually, Fort Duquesne scored in, in the top half of that inning and had a chance to win, and their reliever uh, blew it. <laughs> that would have been mainly, well, actually, Irvin Santana came in and, and blew it for them. So Buffalo takes game one. Game two is a 4-2 to two victory for the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. They tie the series. A really nice start by Ian Snell. But this time it was Buffalo's bullpen, Matt Garrier in particular, who blew it. He blew a, he blew a series for me once in RBA history back, I forget how many years ago. But anyway, he blows it here for the Wild Wings in the series is tied at one. We go to game three. Game three is a four to two uh, battle. There were three home runs scored. Uh, there were three home runs hit despite only six runs scored. And uh, the winner of that, actually, interestingly, this, this game was two to nothing going into the, into the ninth inning. It was two to nothing Buffalo, and Fort Duquesne scored four atop the ninth, and then held Buffalo scoreless in the bottom half of the inning to win the game four to two. Nice comeback for Fort Duquesne, and they go up two to one in the series. 
So for Duquesne, with a 2-1 to one lead, we go to game four. And this uh, game went 12 innings. Final score, 4-3. to three. And in the bottom half of the 12th, it was Buffalo coming through. Also injuring Mike Napoli for five days, I see. Buffalo coming through to, I guess, tie the series. All right, so 2-2. We go to game five. And this... This was a, a bit more, a much more offensive game than we'd been seeing in either series. No home runs were hit, but there were 14 runs, eight of them scored by the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. A four-hit game for uh, D. Murphy. That's got to be Daniel Murphy. Could have been Donnie. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, Murphy had a four-hit game for the Corsairs, and they win eight to six. Another slight comeback here. They were down six to five going into the eighth, and then they scored three. So. Anyway, they go up eight to six in the, or they win eight to six and go up three to two in the series. We go to game six, and this was a four to two victory, and this game went eleven innings. This was a fun series for me to watch. I usually play these things pretty quickly, uh, given time constraints and all, but I did enjoy watching this one. This was an eleven inning four to two victory for the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. The win goes to Mariano Rivera, the save to Logan Andrusik. And Fort Duquesne appends, topples, deposes the 08 uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. They, they knock them off the throne and uh, take it for themselves. The 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs are the new champions of the RBA replay series that I'm doing. And um, I'll quickly run through the history of this just to uh, remind you and remind myself of how it's gone. So in the ass matches... 02 Chicago beat 01 Tallahassee. Remember the 02 wave, the expansion wave? Well, not many people do, but they were bad. As most expansion teams are, actually, they were worse than most expansion teams. Anyway, they beat 01 Tallahassee, by which I mean lost to them, just to be clear. They became the first ass in the 02 wave. Then they lost to the 03 effect to remain the ass. Then they lost to the 04 cows. And then they lost to the 05 cardinals. So the 02 wave were the asses for a long time until your 2006 Arizona Greenbacks lost to them. The 06 Greenbacks then lost to 07 Gulf Coast, another expansion team. And the and then, and then we somehow lost to 08 Orlando, the team that won 20 games and set an RBA record for ineptitude. And let's see, then 09 State College lost to 06 Arizona, so they become the new ass. They then lost to 2010 State College, so State College back-to-back uh, -back asses, but two different teams, 09 and 2010. And then 2010 State College loses to 2011 Fort Duquesne. So there's a lot of turnover here. And then 2011 Fort Duquesne loses to 2012 SoCal. And that's where we are at the moment. In terms of the champions matches, 01 Fort Worth, that was Adam's first team, defeated 02 Adam, 02 Walla Walla, to become the first ever champion. Uh, but they lost to 03 Elm Grove, who in turn lost to 04 Elm Grove. And then 04 Elm Grove defeated 05 Arizona, 06 Chicago, 07 Vegas, one of the greatest teams of all time, to be sure, before losing to 08 Buffalo. And then 08 Buffalo went on a run of their own, as I mentioned, beating 09 Dunedin after beating 04 Elm Grove. So uh, 09 Dunedin and then 2010 Fort Duquesne, 2011 Elm Grove and now 2008 Buffalo. And so 2012 Fort Duquesne will face off against the winner of the replays whenever I run them from 2013. And that is a brief history of the ass matches and the replay uh, 
all that stuff. The S matches and the champions matches in the replay series. Okay, so let me talk for a minute about the end of 2012. And what I'm going to do is actually bring it back to RBA trivia. So the RBA trivia question was, when is the only time to date that the RBA has contracted, that the RBA has, has, uh, has shrunk in uh, terms of the number of teams? And that was at the end of 2012 slash beginning of 2013. Okay, so what happened was uh, Dave Goody Koontz, hang on, I have to pull up the appropriate, uh, the appropriate drop for Dave Goody Koontz. Yep. If you know Dave, you, you'll understand. Anyway, uh, I'm going to do that again because it's Dave. Yep. Anyway, uh, so Dave Goody Koontz was out after one season at the helm of the um, at the helm of the, what were they? The, the Orlando Calrissians. So good riddance to Dave. And also, quite sadly, I must say, Doug Punt uh, left the league. He had gotten pretty busy, I think, in his life over the previous few years. And so Doug Punt decided to leave. Dave Goody Koontz decided to leave. And we went to two divisions of five teams, okay? Two divisions of five teams, 10-team league. It had been a 12-team league for the previous, I think, five years. And so now we go to two divisions of five from two divisions of six in 2012. And, um, and we went into RBA 2013, the 2013 season, with another very strong Fort Duquesne team. That's going to be one of the stories of 2013 when I get to it. Fort Duquesne, Fort Duquesne actually stayed strong for the second of an impressive three-season run. 2012, 2013, and 2014, um, they put together some really, really impressive win-loss totals in all three years. So Fort Duquesne stayed very strong for 2013, and it's also worth noting that Silver City put together what is quite possibly the worst team in RBA history. Um, it's got some stiff competition for that, you know, for that title. But uh, the 2013 Silver City Vultures were hilariously bad. Um, I think I know that John remembers them fondly in a sense uh, that this team could do absolutely nothing right. And, and I think it may have been worse than the 2012 SoCal Templar Knights, for example, the team that I just was talking about in the ass match. So anyway, um, we went into 2013 not knowing that the RBA was about to change a good bit in the upcoming couple of seasons. We were still using JR's old, uh, old uh, calculator, although he had, well, we were using his old program. He had moved it to a computer by then. But uh, it wouldn't be long, wouldn't be too long before the league transitioned to APBA baseball and not too long after that before, um, before we started playing our own games and before we introduced the auction and money and all the rest of it. So the RBA was about to, but not quite, um, to, to make some big, big changes. So I anyway, I think that is about it for this episode of This Week in Fakeball. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the RBA, but we're in that sort of lull that is January. Um, RBA weekend looking to be in the middle of March. And uh, yeah, should be a good time. I will, uh, I'll see you next time. And uh, that should be in about three weeks or so. I'm not exactly sure yet. Have a good one.